long after their last syllables were spoken. It must have some goddamn theory, said the bear. He's a fucking pedant. He makes a virtue out of working tirelessly, and slowly, much too slowly, replied his brother. The object of their contempt was Copenhagen's most accomplished policeman, whom the nation knew simply as the homicide boss. Of course, he had been placed in charge of the investigation, which grew ever larger by the minute and would soon involve much more than just the nursing home in Gintofte and the surrounding wealthy suburbs. This investigation had only one person as its target, their mother. The policeman's skill was indisputable. The brothers had called him immediately, but their patience had lasted only a few hours. He's shitting on us. Once again, the other Blegman brother placed outraged emphasis on the swear word. The Prime Minister sat back down again and covered his face with his hands. I'll call him. No. Pele Blegman shook his enormous head twice. More than ever, the two men resembled a pair of Davy Crockett's giant bears. I'll do it myself. There were journalists who, smirking, had privately christened the Blegman dynasty the Cave Bear Clan, though none of them would dare write that in their newspapers or say it on television. Even in a country whose press incessantly strove to appear brave and critical, there was still something menacing about the two brothers, something that made otherwise merciless critics retreat with fear for their lives. The Prime Minister reached for the telephone. Office of the Homicide Boss Thursday, January 1st, just before midnight. The homicide boss was an unobtrusive man. Though not particularly tall, he was likewise not short and stocky. He was neither too heavy nor too thin, neither too dark nor too fair, and had it not been for a distinct air of authority which at times struck those around him as hostile, he would have been the archetypal nondescript Dane. To place such a calm and balanced man in police headquarters in the heart of the capital, as the leader, no less, in the fight against the ugliest crimes humans were capable of committing, might seem paradoxical, yet everyone knew he was the very best at what he did. The homicide boss shook his head for at least the tenth time that night, and turned toward his deputy assistant, who was never called anything except number two. It's completely insane. Who decides to abduct an old woman from a nursing home? And what in the world would be their motive? As expected, number two's response was immediate. Money? His deputy assistant was unknown outside police headquarters, and even within headquarters many people no longer remembered his real name. Most of the time he rarely contributed to discussions. In his silence he was an effective investigator, and his boss's favorite and only confidant. They had attended police academy together and, as new cops, had gone on evening patrols in the city's most sinister alleys. Ransom, said the homicide boss. Maybe. Terror? No. If so, they would have cut off her head and hung it in front of City Hall, or blown up the whole nursing home, no? Such a brutal scenario made the deputy briefly close his eyes, perhaps imagining the smoky ruins of the nursing home. Behind his seemingly impenetrable facade, he had a reputation for being far more sensitive than his superior. Their shared office at police headquarters was not particularly spacious, furnished with only two easy chairs, a rosewood desk, 
and a pair of light walnut office chairs with comfortable arms. The clan, the dynasty, is affluent, but there are other much wealthier families. And yes, they have great power, but— The homicide boss shook his head yet again. No, it doesn't make sense. We all know that she's old and weak. The entire public knows that. So if anyone wanted the widow dead, they only needed to sit back and wait a few months. It doesn't make sense. It was a third variation on the same theme in less than half a minute, and Number Two could already detect his boss's hatred for his unknown adversary, the very hatred that famously motivated him. His boss's predecessor had once observed somewhat pompously, One hunts a beast but captures a person. But that's not what his current boss thought. Now, beasts were beasts, even if some bleeding-heart judge or an overly forgiving...